All right, everybody get your Bible and go to Ephesians chapter 2. Now last week, does anybody remember what we talked about? Thank you, growing up. Does anybody else remember what we talked about? Growing up. All right, but my sermon today is why. What a, what a weird question, why? Have you ever thought about that? People talk about you need to grow in God, but why would that be important? So I want to stop right now before I even get started in, in, um, in Ephesians. Um, well, let me read this and then I'll go. Let me, Ephesians 2. I'm just going to jump down to verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has something for you to do. Yeah, he does. He's not, he's not just, see, what we've done, we did this in America. We created this. Come to Jesus and go to heaven. That is a piece of truth, but it's not the truth. The, the, the gospel is come to Jesus, come to God through Jesus and walk with God. That's the gospel. And in the walk with God, when you die, you get to go to heaven. And how long will you be there? No. I know, don't, don't get embarrassed. How long are you going to be there? No, you're not going to be in heaven forever. You're only going to be there long enough to come back for the millennial reign. You'll be back here. See, God made the earth for you. He didn't make heaven for you. Heaven doesn't belong to you. Well, I got mansions there. Well, that's a, that's a summer home. And you're going to have more than one home. So you're going to come back here and rule and reign with him on the earth. I want you to think about this for a minute. You know all the technology that's in heaven now will be here? We will eventually have vehicles that you'll get in and fly in with no driver and no motor. I'm not talking about on the road. I'm talking about in the air. That, that will hit the earth because it's already there. They're all that technology, God is doing his best to get you to catch up with heaven. There will be a day you can get on, a, on something and just go whoo, straight to D.C. And I ain't talking about going to the airport and sit in line with them and check your shoes. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on. And who's going to be ruling and reigning? You are. So what happens at the end of a thousand years? New heaven, new earth. What's that look like? I don't know. I'm just... Right now, trying to make it through this life and get into the next one where I don't have to fill my truck up with $100 worth of fuel. Amen. So, so there's a lot more to life. There's a lot more to Christianity than get saved and go to heaven. What about all between that? What about from the day you get saved to the day you die? What about that slot? Would, do you want a better life? All right. All of the trouble that's happening around you are you causing some of that? Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. Some of it is lack of knowledge. Some of it's ignorance. And so God is trying to get you to maturity. He, he, yeah, he died for you. Now, let, let's, let's go back on this thought again. Let's get on this thought. 
I am in total agreement with who you are in Christ and what belongs to you teaching. As a matter of fact, I may come in here on a Sunday and a month from now. I'm not being hypocritical because sometimes we do need to go over that again. Who you are in Christ, what he did for you. Uh, you're the righteousness of God. You're complete in him. You, everything that happens in life happens from a foundation of what God did for you in Jesus. But how many of you know all that was was kindergarten? That was the first step. That's not the final step. That's the first step. So what's step two? What's step three? Now, you've heard me say this. I've never heard very many people say it. But God's desire is to make you exactly like Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about walking on water. I'm talking about in character. So God is working on you now. And a lot of things that are happening to you you don't understand because God is working to get you to a place that he can use you. He can't use you as long as you're a carnal baby. And, and I'm going to say this. No, don't, get, don't throw anything at me, please. Three quarters of the Christians, and maybe more, have never matured. They've never grown up. And, and they're waiting on God and they're waiting on a breakthrough. If you're on the side of the road with a cup, you don't need a breakthrough, you need a job. Amen. Maybe you need a breakthrough, but in between breakthroughs, Parky's is hiring. There's a lot of people hiring. Don't shout me down. So what, I'm gonna, what we're going to do this morning is though, though I believe in the move of God, I believe in the moves of the Holy Ghost, and we, and we have them and we'll continue to have them, that's part of growing up. There is a side of Christianity you cannot neglect. And that is there is a certain amount of responsibility on you to go from being carnal or baby to maturity. And that takes effort on your part. Now, let me, let me say it this way. Don't, don't eat donuts and pray for a breakthrough in weight loss. In other words, in other words, there might be some changes you're going to have to make in order to have a better life. And I'm going to show you why carnality is harmful. It's detrimental. Even though you're born again and your soul is not where it needs to be and your flesh is not where it, God has given you a certain amount of grace to grow up. He didn't give you grace to live like hell. He's given you grace to grow up. And there comes a day when he will go, I think I've given you plenty of time now. And I'm expecting more out of you. And you're coming in wanting a breakthrough. Almost all preaching today in America is on success or breakthrough. And it's not helping you at all. It's keeping you in bondage. Now, don't, it's quiet in this Baptist church, but it's okay. And I have people come in the door, the visitors come, and we're not going to change, we grow Christians, we're not changing that for you. But they say, well, I'm lo we're looking for a church. And I go, what are you looking for? Well, we're looking for a youth group for our kids that has a lot of kids in it. So you want your kids to have a social life. 
So now your socialite son marries a socialite girl and he's immature and she's immature and they're fixing to get married and both of them are a bunch of carnal babies and it'll be hell on earth because all you picked was a social gathering. I know that sounds a little brutal to you, but see, I want to run aisles and jump pews too, but every once in a while I like to come back and just go, can we talk about some real serious stuff today? And I want to today. I want to talk about it today. All right, where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works? God, is, God has a plan for you. Now, I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to mention it again. There came a day in Justin's life when we were out hunting, and he had his 20-gauge shotgun, and he has a buckshot in it. And he had, I had never allowed him out of my sight with, a, with anything in that gun at all. Never. But that day, it was him and I alone, not quite sure what he could mess up. But he said, can I leave my buckshot in my gun? I want to go back to camp. And because of his maturity, I let him. And he killed a deer on the way back to camp. And he was very excited. See, God is a good father. There are things he wants to do with you. And until you prove to him you can be trusted, he may, not, he may take your bullet away. Amen. Not that he doesn't. See, we want to we harp on God loves us. He, lo- he loves you. But if you're carnal, you're creating problems. You're creating them. And if you're, you're praying for God to help you, and he's trying to. Thank you. All right. Galatians chapter 5. Let's go over there. Say amen. I think. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think you're going to need this today. That was a carnal thing to say to them. That was a terrible thing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. So at some point, we all need to learn to walk according to our new recreated spirit. We all need to. Now, what I'm going to read to you next, I want you to pay close attention. For your flesh is lusting against your spirit, and your spirit against your flesh, and are contrary to one another, so you're not doing the things you wish. See, all of you are born again, and you love God. But you all, we, all of us in this room have flesh. Mm -hmm. Some people have more trouble with it than others, based, based on your upbringing, based on the way you were raised. If you're coming into church just to hear a sermon, you might be a baby Christian 10 years, 15, 20, or 30 years. What that means is that your emotions, your unrenewed mind and your flesh are still ruling you. And you've been saved a long time. Are you all out there? And you keep making flesh mistakes. And anybody says anything to you, you're like, I know all of that. Off you go. (laughs) At what point do you look at it and go, that's flesh. And I'm not doing that anymore. Because they're contrary. Now, I'm going to tell a story right now. And Matt's here. Matt's been helping me with my weight and working out at the gym. There's two things I really like. 
eating and sweets. But there's something else I like. I like being skinny, eating and sweets. I love to eat. I love to be skinny. And I love sweets. How many of y'all looking to be going, that ain't going to work? And so there came a day when I looked in the mirror and the guy in there scared me. I thought, I, I thought someone had broke in the house and snuck in the back door. I grabbed my gun. I told Lisa, there's a fat man in the bedroom. And she says, baby, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. Mirrors don't lie. I'm going to tell you, everybody else lies, but the mirror don't lie. But everything changed when I decided I will get it off. Because it's bad for my health to be over with. Nothing changed until I had made that decision. And I knew, now when I started learning about intermediate fasting, oh, hey, I love to eat. So even now, right now, even this, I ate breakfast between services. I, I eat breakfast every morning between 20, 10 and noon every day. I eat two meals a day now, not three. I stopped eating all the food. I, I cut out all sweets, all of them, all the good foods y'all bring me. We give it to good, the goodwill. I don't, I don't eat any of it. But I had to study and learn a different lifestyle, and I had to tell my body, you're not going to eat that. And then I had to go back to the gym, and I had to get on the old folks' machines. And when there's a 90-year-old man benching more than you, you know you're out of shape. I told Lisa, I said, I'm in shape. It's a round shape, but I'm in shape. <laughs> Rounds the shape. So, so in other words, I already knew that there would be a lifestyle. I didn't need a breakthrough. Thank you all. Come on, help me. I didn't need a breakthrough from God. I needed to make adjustments based on truth. I needed to do something with my flesh. What about spiritual things? Is that true spiritually? Yes, it is. There are things that will never happen for you until you pick up your Bible and be a doer of the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. No amount of running aisles and jumping pews and, and, is going, and someone laying hands on you is going to fix the problem. Yeah. Uh, do I agree with all that? I do agree with all that. And it is that there's a place for it. Okay, so I want you to go, uh, go to verse 19. It says, the works of the flesh are adultery. That word means sexual immorality. Uh, fornication, uncleanness. See, the, the sexual problem we're having in America today is nothing but a lack of self-control. Now, let me, let's talk about sex a minute. And I know this is voodoo in church. It's not voodoo anywhere but in church. God created you with an urge to merge. You don't have a demon in you. You don't need deliverance. And when, when you go to the girl's house and the father says, what is on your mind? Say, I think your daughter's hot. That's not sin. I don't know what y'all are saying. I can't. It's muffled. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. 
That's not sin. How else are you going to have babies? How else are you going to have a family? You're not. So it's called self-control. Marry the girl. Treat her like a queen till the day she dies. Be a man. You only need one. I, look, all you older men, help me out. You only need how many? One. One is more than enough. You'll have your hands full with just one. Treat her good. Treat her like gold. I mean, be a man. Okay. But, but, but God's not taking an appetite out of you. You're going to use it correctly. So all these people going around saying, God made me this way. Yeah, he did make you with a sexual appetite, but he also gave you the boundaries to use it in. Don't shout me down. All right, so, so there's a revolution out there, and they say, accept me as I am. I'll accept you as you are as long as you accept the fact that you're not supposed to be using that that way. You're supposed to be using that. If you're a man, you should have a female. If you're a female, you should have a guy. And you should hitch up and make a covenant so that you're not leaving one another every time you have a fight. So the kids are suffering because you're still carnal. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Now, when I married Lisa, about a week later, I realized I married the wrong person. I want to tell you all something. You all married the wrong person. The, and Lisa married the wrong person. But now that I married the wrong person, I'm married. Thank you. So, so, so even though these things are in there, he didn't say this was a devil. He said it's your flesh. And you and I need to learn to do something with the flesh because your flesh is what's creating your hell. That's powerful, folks. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. So, so the flesh lust against spirit, spirit against the flesh. He said, down to, down to verse uh, 19. The works of the flesh are adultery, uh, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. That means love anything more than God. Sorcery, which is drug abuse. Hatred, contention, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambition. The most selfish thing you can do if you want to fix self is stop being selfish. Stop selfishness will be the best thing you ever did for you. Because selfishness is creating your problem. Dissension, what is dissension? I wrote it down. It's opinionated, contentious person. Opinionated person. I got, I know what I'm, I'm going to tell you right. i tell you what I think about. That's flesh. All right. Heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries. What is revelry? Contemptuous language. Using your mouth wrong. Okay. And the like which I tell you beforehand, as I told you in the past, those who practice such things do not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or love, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no law. Let's jump over to, to Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you reap. Now, that's huge. See, so often we are trying to fix the problem. It's us. I need to fix the problem in this marriage. 
might be in the mirror. See, Lisa needs a lot of work. But I don't have time to work on her because Daryl needs more. And the only one I can fix is Daryl. And we'll worry about that. I'll just give Lisa to God. Does that make sense? Okay. Once I learned that I'm reaping what I'm sowing, wouldn't it be smart not to keep sowing to the flesh if I'm creating the problem with my carnality? Yeah. The best thing you've ever done for you is to grow up. He who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. That's us. See, three quarters of the Christians in America are carnal. And it's probably higher. And you walk into church and you're wanting someone to pray for you and undo your disobedience. Could it be that maybe you need a Sunday morning of truth? Maybe you need to go, I think I need to quit eating breakfast and stop eating bread and cookies. Now, I found out once your body, good thing about your body, after you change it for a while, it craves vegetables and it craves the gym. But you got to teach it to do that. you got to wake up and go, man, I want to go to the gym today. Man, I don't want to eat that. Because now you're feeling better for the first time in a long time. And your clothes fit. I walked into Joseph A. Banks and picked up a pair of pants one day and I went, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> now, one thing I love is that I put on my belt yesterday and Lisa goes, where are you going? I said, I have to wear a belt and my pants falls off. I'm bragging. Because <laughs> I do that, everything falls off. All right. I'm not finished yet. For y'all, y'all don't know. I still got a few more. To, I still got some more to go. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. He's not talking about just living forever. He's talking about right here, right now. Let us not grow weary while doing good. In due season, you'll reap if you do not lose heart. All right. Let's look at another one now. Uh, I got a few more. Luke six. Go to Luke six. Say amen. Say, I need this. See, the Spirit, I love the Holy Ghost. I'm at home, and I'm, and I'm wanting to preach a run, I'll jump pew sermon. And the Lord said to me, I want you to teach them that they need to grow up. And I'm going, ah, they don't like those sermons. <laughs> no, but they're good. Luke 6, 38. Let's read 37. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Where is all the judgment in your life coming from? You're creating it. That's, that's heavy. Ain't nobody likes me. Hello? See, once you understand that you're sowing corn and praying for rice, yeah. mm-hmm. 
You're sowing hell and praying for a breakthrough. It ain't happening. It's not going to happen. Judge not or condemn not. So, so I'm going to say something here, and I want you to think about what I'm going to say. I'm going to go heavy on you a minute. Can you all handle heavy? Who killed Jesus? You did. I know Americans don't want to hear that. You and I killed him. We, we nailed him to the cross. Then where did you get the idea that you needed to run around and tell everybody how to live when you are a sorry dog? You came into this because of grace. God had mercy on me. God had mercy on you. So put your finger up. Well, they did wrong. I know they did. Well, you don't know what they did to me. I don't care what they did to you. Because I'll guarantee you, you've done it too. But yeah, but I didn't mean to. They didn't either. In other words, it's a whole lot easier to be merciful because it's beneficial to who? To you. When you're, when you're offended, the person you're hurting, you're taking poison hoping the other guy dies. I'm doing good. Okay, judge not that you be not judged. Condemn not that you be not condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You say, but I want my joy back. Well, then forgive. You got, I'm not going to do this today. Forgive. There's two people you need to forgive. The person who did you wrong and you. Shame is the reason for all of your, how do you say that? Guilt and shame are the root of all self-defeating behavior. If you want the shame off of you, there was a young lady, I'm not going to mention her name, it doesn't matter. She was mad at her mom and dad. And she was really, and her mom was pro, had problems and her dad had problems and they got married when they were hippies and it, it was a mess and they had her. Well, she grew up hating her parents. So she left home, left the church and ran out in the world and got raped. Who's responsible? She thinks it's mom and dad is the reason my life is a mess. And, and there's a little truth to that. But as long as there's unforgiveness, she's not coming out of that. Wait, come on, look at me real spiritual right now. You see, the forgiveness is not for mom and dad, it's for her to break every chain, to break every chain. Mom and dad, I know you're goofy, you're crazy, but you probably didn't mean it. You probably know better now, but I forgive you. And then forgive myself for leaving home, going into the world, getting involved with somebody I didn't need to, and forgive yourself, and then you'll get your joy, your peace, and your love back, and your life will turn around and become good. Let God take care of the stuff that other people aren't doing right. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Okay. See, being carnal is, is harmful to you. You're hurting you. All right, I'm doing good. Give, verse 38, and it will be given. This is not just about money. It is about money, but it's not just about money. Give and it will be given good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be put into your bosom with the measure you use will be measured back to you. Let's come back to God again. Who's running your life? God's not. 
Listen, listen if, if this is how you are giving it out, this is what God's using to bring it back to you. Don't use this and pray for this. Because God don't know where, he don't, you're the one handing him the bucket. If you want the blessings to come back in a cup, give them out in a cup. If you want them to come back in a bucket, don't get mad at Mark Hankins because he has a jet. He's using a pickup truck to give with. Now see, a lot of times people think it's up to God. It's not up to God. It's totally up to you. You won't say, I want my life to change. Change what you're using are you giving hell? It's coming back. Amen. If you're giving uh, mercy, it's coming back. I had, a, I had a lady said to me one day, says, well, my sister-in-law lives right down the road and she ain't come see me in a year. Do you know where her front door is? I'm doing good, aren't I? And, and we're all, we're, I mean, people are sitting around offended. They, they didn't do that for me. Well, you did, why don't you do it? You're reaping what you're sowing, not you're reaping what they're sowing. Let's talk about money a minute. Let's talk about money a minute. I don't live off of your giving. I live off of mine. When I want my income to go up, I increase my giving. So you can, you can say, I don't believe in tithing, I don't believe in tithing. Well, that's your business. You broke thing, you. Because the whole universe operates on that one scripture. You want, a, you want an acre of corn? Plant an acre of corn. You want 10 acres? You can plant 10. Because you're the one that's going to put it in the barn. Thank you. So I think one of the greatest revelations is for you and I to realize we have more to, we, you have more to do with your life than God does. Boy, you, I'm, I want to preach this from the housetops. Because we have a whole world right now. Gimme, 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 gimme. Take, and it shall. Listen, before I got saved, I used to steal. Take, and it shall be taken. So I went to, I went to Walmart one day. It was Kmart then, Kmart. And I needed a chainsaw. I went in, found the one I wanted, and I left. I walked past the cashier, and she said, were you planning on paying it for that? And I went, no. And she said, you must. I said, come get it. Now, I'm telling you, that's why I got kicked out of a city. I'm, doing that. I was, I'm saved. And I went home, and I had to cut down a tree. But I always wondered why everybody kept stealing all my food out of my refrigerator, stealing parts off my Jeep. Why is it? that I'm stealing everything I get my hands on and I don't have anything. Have you ever wondered that? You're just like, man, and then you end up in jail with nothing. And then the lawyers get the rest of it. And I got born again and I started giving and in one year I was out of debt and I went, this is crazy. Never mind. I got another scripture for y'all. Matthew 16. Say, I think it's more up to me than I thought. It is. Now, I can't say that yet. I can't say that yet. I got something I got to say, but I got to remember I got to say it. 
I want this in the Amplified first, right off the bat. Let's just put it up on the Amplified. Matthew 16, 18. I tell you, you are Peter, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not uh, overpower it. Let's go to 19. And I'm going to give you the keys. Say, I have the keys. God's not running your life. You are. Now this changes, this changes everything. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. How many people have cancer in heaven? Don't allow it here. How many people in heaven are broke? Don't allow it in your life. How many demons are harassing people's minds in heaven? Don't allow it here. You've got authority over all of that. But God's not going to do anything about your mind, your thinking, or your circumstances. More that that just hair lips Christians everywhere. What I gave you, see, when 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 I have a truck, but when Lisa wants to borrow it or Justin, they ask me for the fob. Yes. Because without the fob, you aren't going anywhere in my truck. As big as that truck is and as nice as it is, you gotta have that little thing to watch it. See, Jesus has the whole kingdom, and he left you the fob. And without the fob, you're walking. All that power, and you're still walking. Whatever you allow, you put the key in, you crank it up, you hit the gas, and that thing will work for you. Now, this is what he's saying right now. All right. What is already bound in heaven must be loose. What is whatever you whatever you loose or declare unlawful on earth must be what is already loosed and unlawful in heaven. Are they prosperous there? You're allowed to be prosperous here. Do they have nice houses? You can have a nice house. Do you see that? That's that's the foundation of the of what we call the faith message. Now I'm going to tell you a story. The other day, what's the island? Anna Maria. Anna Maria. I should have asked Cody. Cody knows all about Anna Maria and all of the restaurants in Anna Maria. Anyway, they got some good ones there. We had oysters. It was keto. Oysters are keto. <laughs> Lots of oysters are keto. Anyway, so we went to Anna Maria, and we were there when the hurricane went by. And we was out in the Gulf, and Lisa and I were swimming out in the ocean, and I said, well, you know, by tomorrow, this is going to look like a like a washing machine out here, and we went and swam in that too. But, but the neighbors, there was a lady there, a real sweet lady. Her name was Barbara, real sweet Christian woman. And she came over, and she was curious, are y'all leaving? And we went, no, we're Floridians. This is a normal day. Anyway, we already knew it was going to be going in the 30-mile-an-hour winds, no big deal and all that. And I said, if the establishment of the hotel says you leave, you leave. But then you get your money back. So they're not running me out. So we got to sit in there and watch it go by. And it went by at night and no big deal. But she was concerned. 
So she came over and we found out she was a Christian. Well, then she started asking me questions and I knew that her theology was all wrong. Now, I said this to her because I wanted to be kind. See, I'm working on preaching the truth in what? So I'm learning to be kinder. Say amen, Pastor. Say you're doing a good job. All right. See, I study my Bible too, whether you know it or not. I'm all there. Love is patient. Love is kind. I'm still stuck on love is kind. I was on patient all last year, but now I'm on kind. And I, I, she said, she brought up a scripture. Well, you know, all things work together for the good. And I stopped her and I said, well, I said, I, I said do you want to talk to me about the Bible? And I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, will you promise me that when you're tired of hearing me, you'll tell me so? Because I'm going to, I'm going to share with you some things because you're wrong. You're wrong. I said, I want to know how much of me you can handle. And she said, oh, I think I can handle. I said, okay. And we started off with that scripture. I said, why did you quote a half a scripture? She said, I didn't. So we, I said, and? And I said, I said, do you believe in speaking in tongues? She says, my friend does. I said, okay. And, and, and so every, about every 15 minutes of talking about all of her beliefs, and all of her beliefs are surrounded by what every Christian in America believes. God is running everything. And I said, I said, I'm going to show you that's wrong. And I said, and I don't, you're my neighbor and I don't know you and I don't want to offend you. So you tell me when you've had enough. And about every 10 minutes I'd stop her and go, you want to go on? She goes, yes. I said, you sure? Because every time she opens her mouth, I'm going, that's wrong. And she's like, okay. You know, a lot of people can only handle so much that's wrong, and they're ready to go have, you know, go to lunch or something, you know. And so she sat there, and, and finally I said, well, one day you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. She says, how about now? I said, are you ready? I said, yeah. She goes, yeah. Now listen, she was heart hungry and able to hear truth. Okay, I'm going somewhere. I want everybody to say, I'm ready. ready. How are you going to grow up without truth? You can't. I want you to think about it. Because truth is what people don't want. Right now, you walk up to a complete sinner, and you say, there's a heaven and a hell, and they go, I don't want to hear it. Well, you're going to hell and you don't want to hear it. That's sad. And the person sharing truth with you cares about you. But listen to this next statement. I want you to listen to this. Truth you hear isn't wrong because it offended you. I'm going to come over here. Truth is not wrong because you got offended. Truth... If, if you're wrong in your head, not in your heart, the truth you hear very often is going to be difficult to hear because now you've got to make a decision. And you're wanting to come to church and someone to thrill you. That's not helping you. Now, you, you, don't, need, you don't need brutal truth every Sunday. 
Because then you're sitting here going. You start shaking and you look like you got Alzheimer's and because I'm preaching on truth every Sunday, you know. <laughs> How are you going to grow up without truth? Jesus said you'd know the truth and the truth would set you free. How do you embrace truth if you're offended by it? There's a lot of things we Americans need to hear. The reason that the government is in the mess it's in is because truth failed in churches. It is the truth. And we're the ones that created that. Because we want to please our flesh. Don't, don't say anything where i got to make an adjustment or I've got to change or I'm responsible because I'll go to another church, and I know you will. And you're making it very hard because America's in the mess it's in because of us, not because of the Democrats or the Republicans. It's because of preachers. And you're dictating what they preach or you don't show up. Because you want cookies and candy. You want to be skinny and eat donuts. That's what you want. I want to be carnal and have a good life. Lay hands on me. I want to fall out in the power. I want all my problems to go away because when I get home tonight, I got, a, I got another rerun of As the Stomach Turns. I got to watch my movie. Am I doing too am I doing? Am I getting too brutal? Okay. Jesus, and I mean, I went back, and I'm not going to do it right now, but I went over all the times that the people said he offended them. The, the disciples said one, one time, he says, don't you know you offended them? And he, and he said, well, you go get them and tell them, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. <laughs> See, let me, do you all know the Jesus of the Bible, or do you have one that you got in your church? Because the one in the Bible is quite strong. He's a strong leader. He loves you, but he's strong. I, I am so proud of men of God now that have gotten off of their sissy backsides and started preaching. When Andrew Womack started preaching against gay marriage and all that, he said, I lost a lot of support. But he needed to do it. There's a lot of other people that needed to do it too. And just because your ratings dropped. Thank you, Theos. So he now here's what he did say. He said, well, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in a ditch. He didn't chase them down. See, you know all the truth you want. But Jesus said, seek and you shall find. If you didn't find it, you weren't looking. Okay. I grow Christians. This, you walk in here, I'm going to grow you. And I'm not going to use any other book. I'm going to use this one. If this one bothers you, start reading it. Don't wait till you get here to read it. All right. Are you all ready? Are you all ready? You're getting quiet on me, so I've got to kind of tell a joke or something right now. I don't know what to do. Second Timothy 4.4. Put it on screen. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. 
talking about in the last days. People are turning away from truth because truth carries with it a responsibility. I don't want to be responsible. I want the government to be responsible, and I want God to be responsible, but I don't want to be. Well, you might want to change that. All right, let's look at another one here, Acts 17.10. And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Paul has gone to Berea to preach in their church. I want you to notice what's going to happen when he comes in. Those who were fair-minded, um, what does the, the other say? Um, the, the other, King James says noble-minded. Those who were more noble-minded than those in, so the Bereans were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians. And they received the word with all readiness, and then they searched the scriptures to see if what he said was so. Now, I want you to think about the lady that I was talking about a while ago. She got her phone out. And I was able to talk to her for a while, and I looked at her, and I said, when I leave, I want you to do something. Now, I, I, now I like Andrew Walmack for this reason. He makes things simple. I mean, even a Baptist can read Andrew Walmack and go, oh, I get that, because he was a Baptist. And, and, I, and because of his writings, even, I love Brother Hagin, love Copeland, love all of them, but Andrew has said some things in a way that, that it's like, I don't know, it makes sense. I said, you need more than the time I set with you. You need to find out whether what I said is true and you need to study. Now look at this scripture. The Bereans were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians, and they listened to what he said, and then they opened their Bible to see if what Pastor Morgan said was true. They didn't just walk out and go, well, he just made me mad. <laughs> what he told them was that you're living for God by law, it won't get you to heaven, and it offended them. Truth was designed to set you free if you receive it. Three-quarters of the people in the United States of America are not born again. Maybe 80%, maybe. But they don't want to hear. And three-quarters of the Christians don't want to hear. And that's why we have a mess. I'm after a church where the people, where there's a strong move of God based on the fact that you are growing. Amen. There's things God wants to do in you. You've got to stop hindering Him. You've got to make some adjustments. All right, go, go with me. I want to show you one more scripture. Well, I'm going to do more than one. i got a little time here. Go to 1 Peter. Say, I'm ready. Okay, don't you get quiet on me. I know that means you're done with me. And then we're going to go to James. Woo! 1 Peter chapter 5, 
Verse 5, likewise you younger people submit to your elders. Well, what a, what a sermon that would be. And all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God does what to the proud? He's talking to Christians. Now listen, just hold on for a moment with me, please. A lot of times you're praying and praying and praying and praying and God ain't even talking to you. How are you going? You need to get to a point where, see, God is watching your heart, even though you're doing it wrong. Once you and I turn our heart to God and go, I, I, I really want to know. I, I'm ready to grow. God will move because of your heart, not because of what you're doing. But until God stops resisting you, you're not going anywhere. There are Christians who will live and die and never have God move on them. That's a heavy thing to say. And see, I, I'm saying that because I don't want that to be you. I've been pastoring how long now, Lisa? 32 years? This church, 32. 32, this church. I, I, I meet people all the time that, that were in the shopping center. And they haven't grown a bit. And they're Christian. And I go, oh, wow. And my heart, Goes out. I had a man say to me, he says, you know, I raised all of my all of his kids backslid and fell away. He said, I did all I knew. I said, Yeah, and you don't know anything. And he's like, oh. I told you that 32 years ago. Don't shout me down. At what point do we go? I think it's about time I learned some stuff now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Now, I'm working on growing all the time. Growing is daily. It don't just happen one day. God resists the proud, and he gives what to the humble? Grace. Grace. Unmerited favor. You can hit unmerited favor, and you just God will just take you all kind of places. But it comes from humble where you quit doing it your way, and you do it his way. You say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it your way. And that's the day that you have your breakthrough. <laughs> you say, I had a breakthrough. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And then cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. Now go to the book of James, and I'm going to show you something. James chapter 3. And I didn't tell you this in the back, and I'm trying to close. James chapter 3. Say, I want a better life. Carnality has been my biggest problem. You know, there was a time in this church when I said, God, all these people are idiots. Send me some good ones. So he got rid of all the idiots and sent me some more idiots. Don't shout me down. I'm being serious right now for just a moment. Until one day I realized that they aren't my problem. The person who needed to change was me. Because if he sends you idiots and he wants them to become Christians and you can't get them there... You're a bad pastor because you're supposed to love them even though they're babies. Thank you for the all's enthusiasm. So I had my biggest problem was not your carnality, it was mine. I was creating my own trouble. You're not supposed to say all right right there. That's the bad place to say all right. 
but that became good news because if all I have to fix is me, that's easy. I don't have to fix 300 people. I just have to fix one. Yeah, and I found out that was really a lot of work. Now, I'm going to show you this because it took Lisa and I, and I'm not going to tell on us too bad. James chapter 3, verse 13. He who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by a good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. If you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not come from God. It's earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. I just described three quarters of the Christians. You're in bed with the devil looking for a breakthrough. Woo! Okay. For where there's envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. You're attracting trouble. Your thumb-sucking, crying carnality is attracting the trouble. <laughs> Y'all should say amen a little better than that. But there is a way out of this. You ready for the rest? But the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Willing to yield to truth. Someone walks up to you and says, you're wrong, and you go, well, hallelujah. I guess I got changes. Not, <laughs> do y'all know the difference? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got relatives. You know, there's a scripture in 1 Peter that says, your adversary, the pastor. It doesn't really. It says your adversary, your spouse. What does it say? Who runs him off? You do. God don't. God ain't never going to do nothing about the devil. You can, you can go to bed with him if you want to. You can say, oh, devil, come over here. Let's get in the sheets with me. Hallelujah. I'm having a bad day and bad thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to have a pity party. Come on, devil. Come on, devil. And you want to know why is my life a mess? Why don't you just go to bed with the Holy Ghost and go, and all of the people that have ticked you off today, why don't you pray for them? Father God, I bless them. Father, and just, just bless old Aunt Susie. Oh, just bless her. Help Aunt Susie out. And glory be to God. Thank you. And by the way, bless Pastor. He's doing the best he knows. And Lisa's got her hand full. Help Pastor. Help him out, Jesus. He needs it. I'll take all the prayer you can give. Does this, does this help you? Yeah. I, I'm trying to show you that if there's a lot of things God wants to do, there's a lot He wants to do with you. Yeah. You and I are the ones that have to work with Him so He can do it. Amen. There's a lot of stuff going on that doesn't need to be going on in all of us. All right. Now, the wisdom from God is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. God 
created you a fruit tree, a tree of righteousness. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You should be bearing fruit. That's maturity. But that happens because you and I are choosing that. Nobody ever walked by a garden and went, where did that come from? Automatic tomatoes and okras and watermelons and no weeds, and it just happened. Uh, there's a gardener somewhere. Without a gardener, there's weeds. Just, just hold on. Don't, don't throw anything at me. God's expecting you to get the weeds out. God's expecting you to cultivate your own life. Now, now, this is the simple, simple message. I believe in all of the other stuff, and I believe in breakthroughs. I really do believe in them. I believe in them. I believe that even though you don't have a job, there's times God will give you exceeding abundantly above, I think. But there's a lot of times you're creating the exceeding abundantly above. Oh, I don't know when it was. I'm not going to tell you how, how close or far away it was. Well, actually, it was before Mark Hankins came one day I was reading the Bible and I, I just, I got a revelation. I need to work on my love walk bad. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Love is the fulfillment of the law. I'm believing for healing and healing sickness is not my problem. My carnality is my problem. And that's when I went, Shandai. <laughs> and uh, Mark came along and he preached on it. And then he preached at me and he preached to me. And then he, but I already had started looking at it. And I realized something. This is going to be a journey. Boy, do I wish I could just read the book. But man, it didn't work. I read it and about an hour later I'm going, where is that book? And I'm still on it. I leave about five of them laying around the house hoping Lisa will pick one up one, one day. Not, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. How many of you can see why I'm going down this road? I love every one of y'all. I want you to have a good marriage. I want you to have a good life. I, there are things happening to you, people are doing. I wished we could stop it. I can't. And I can tell you this right now. You decide how you react to it, and you decide today whether you're going to have a good life or not. Because I know some of you ladies have got some, you got a handful at home, honey. I know you do. Some men, some of you got situations outside this church, they're not good. I know it. But I'm going to tell you something. In the middle of it, you can have a move of God all by yourself. I will I will grow. Yeah. That's a powerful thing to say. Pick up a Bible. Find out what he said. Let it, let it make adjustments. Because there's places in God. I've always admired Kenneth Copeland. But God did not turn that much money loose and that much anointing on someone carnal. Joyce Myers tells the story of when she wore hot pants and she cussed and smoked cigarettes. 
but she don't now. And she grew into the shoes she's wearing. I've watched Justin. Where is Justin? Is he still in here? Is he? I don't know where he went. He, he went somewhere. I, I mean, he, he told the story about how he was trying to create his own studio. He had his own way of doing things. He had his own, and none of that was sin until Mark Hankins called him out and said, you don't have five years. You need to get with it. And Justin made an adjustment in his soul to grow up. Now, everything that's happened to him since, and he looked, if you ask him, he wouldn't trade his walk with God over anything that was going on. Because, of, because God's blessing has hit him so strong. The anointing has changed everything. But not until he made an adjustment. God has a lot for you. More than you're experiencing. Way above what you're experiencing. Are you ready for it? Are you all ready for it? I'm ready for it. I want to say this, and I'm saying this by the Holy Ghost. We, talk, we hear a lot about going to meetings where people pray for the sick. Why don't you see yourself as being that person? Why are you waiting on, on a man? Why don't you become the carrier of the anointing? Why don't you become the, the carrier of the glory? Why don't you become a mature child of God? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. Since Justin grew up, I have more fun with him now than I did when he was a boy. Because I'm not having to school him. We do things as men to men. God so much wants to walk with you as an equal. That's huge, isn't it? That's absolutely huge. He did with Jesus. Say he will with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. I, I, I believe that, I believe this morning, for when I'm picking up my heart, they, they actually hear the spirit of what it is you're saying. So much is waiting on us, even here in this earth. So much. And you're just waiting on us to put some things aside and pick up some things and make adjustments in our own life and become the men and women of God you wanted us to be. That's been your goal all along. We've been chasing a lot of stuff, but that's your goal. Is we, we're your workmanship for good works. I pray that every one of us in this room We'll make that a goal. Now, we won't hit it this week, maybe. We won't hit it this month. But we can hit it in our heart. And we can, we can begin setting in motion right now. I will be all you designed me to be this side of heaven. I will be mature here, not after I die. I pray they all agree with that prayer. And I, give, I thank you that I, I believe we're going to see the greatest move of God that this earth has ever seen. And he's going to use average people. And there will be people in this room that will lay their hands on blind people and see their eyes open. They will see the deaf here. They will pray for people on drugs and see them delivered. They will begin to see the things they've heard about in their ears all of their life. 
but it won't be something they hear about that's happening in some other church. It'll be happening everywhere they go because you'll have a mature son or daughter to work with. I thank you, sir, in Jesus' name. Y'all were good today. You didn't turn me off or nothing. That's awesome. All you online, write me a letter, send me a million dollars. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Say this with me. God lives in me. Say the Holy Ghost lives in me. Say the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Today, right now, quickens my mortal body. Say, I am a demonstrator of the love of God. I am a demonstrator of the healing power of God. God is sending people to me that I can help today. Amen. You know, sometimes you just need to pray that way and say, Lord, send someone to me that I can help today. Maybe you can't help everybody. And don't be afraid to talk to someone because you think you're going to, God's going to send someone to you that you can't help. No, ask God to send someone to you you can help. Someone you can speak into their life. Sometimes it's just one word or two words. But I, I find out that when I pray, God, send someone to me that I can help. It may be another Christian. It may be someone who's not born again. But just be willing, even if it's just to say something to them. Because God knows your personality. Right, Karen? We've had this talk about personalities. God knows your personality. He knows what you can do. He knows how you can help people. Amen. The Bible says in James that uh, judgment is without mercy to those who show no mercy. So show mercy. He says, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. It's not that we shouldn't speak into people's lives, sometimes correcting word, but do it in a merciful way. Not in a, I'm better than you way, but in a way that will help people. If you're here this morning and you need prayer, my altar workers are coming forward. I'm going to ask Rosie to come forward. We've had men in the past. We need one woman to come so ladies will feel comfortable. Amen. If you're here today and you would like prayer, come on up, whoever you're comfortable coming up, up with. Come on up and let's pray. Amen. Let's pray. God said, if any two shall agree on earth, it shall be done. Asking anything they desire, it shall be done for them of my Father in heaven. If you never have remembered a time where you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Be born again, right? That's the way to be born again. You've got to say for yourself, Jesus, I believe. Not I just believe there's a God out there. The Bible says the devils believe and they tremble. But if you say, I believe you did this for me, I believe you shed your blood for me, and I accept that for myself. You have to do that. This is the age of grace, and the age of grace does not mean you can do anything you want, live like hell, and go to heaven. That's not what the age of grace means. The age of grace means there's this time period right now in time where God is allowing people to accept his son. And it's been a while, but there's coming a day when that age of grace will stop. And there'll be no more, there'll be no more uh, opportunity for that. So while you're here, while you have breath and life, if you've never done it, come up today and do it. Come up and get. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. 
and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing it helps keep all these messages free you can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time